welcome to This Won't Last Long, the weekly, kind of weekly podcast where I talk about, well, um, stuff. <laughs> Today, uh, typically media stuff is out there. Today we're going to be talking about uh, two shows, uh, Spectacular Spider-Man and Cowboy Bebop. Um, with Cowboy Bebop, it's both the live-action version and the anime, because I watched both. So, yeah, and I'm just kind of like talking about my feelings on them and stuff like that. So the first show I'm going to be talking about, which is something that I think has stuck with me more, was Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, so Spider-Man is probably, I would say, the most important, I mean, my favorite superhero by far, but probably the most important superhero to me. Just, I mean, I know everybody says this, but like he's so relatable as well as just that like anybody can see themselves in Peter, Miles, Spider-Man, just Spider-Man. Because it's not just Peter, and anyone, anyone can wear the mask, as Miles um, infamously put in Into the Spider-Verse. But with Spectacular Spider-Man, there are some minor flaws for a casual viewer, but for someone like me, and I think I said this when I was mid-watching on one of the other episodes that for a casual like for a for a casual viewer some of the sh- most the show is kind of fast-paced for a casual viewer who doesn't really know too much about spider-man and his mythos as a character his rose gallery etc for someone who grew up with spider-man and like sees him as a sees him as a fucking hero and just like they just yeah just like grew up with him in like a lot of media um and knows like not everything but like a lot about the character and his mythos it doesn't matter the fast pace of the fast pace of the show um, excuse me i'm gonna sneeze I guess no sees right now. <laughs> but anyway, as I was saying, for the yeah, non-casual viewer, there are like no flaws, pretty much. I guess you could say some iterations of the character and some like storylines are different than some like hardcore comic fans or some hardcore movie fans would like or appreciate or something like that for just like a casual viewer i could see like just because because with with the show a lot of villains are just like kind of introduced right away um and obviously uh we as in people like me yeah like someone who grew up with the character like know the like for example doc ock um like, we know him. Like, Octavius, that's Doc Ock. Um, Osborne, okay, that's Green Goblin. There are villains who are introduced very quickly. And, um, for example, like, yeah, like, there was, like, a, a lot of kind of artificial villains. Or not artificial, but, like, artificially made villains, like, man-made villains. So, like, a Rhino and Sandman. Um, were actually made by, like, Tombstone, or, like, Tombstone's men. Tombstone was, like, the big bad of the, as well as Green Goblin, were, like, the big bads of the show overall, um, which I thought was really cool. I hope to see a good Tombstone story in the MCU, which is another conversation, but back to the show. 
Tombstone was characterized great, I felt like. Um, the, the only basis I have is the Into the Spider-Verse movie she was barely in. The side mission in the 2018 Spider-Man game with Tombstone in it and some videos about comics that Tombstone is in. And other than that, I don't really have any basis of him as a villain. But I think he was characterized great from that basis that I have in this show. I think everyone's characterized great. The, the only thing I felt like, like some stuff was a bit rushed story-wise in Spectacular Spider-Man. Like, it just, I felt like it, it was because they rushed, not the actual original showrunners, but I feel like the studio rushed the show way too much and interfered way too much so that they couldn't create like a perfect, perfect show because it is almost perfect, but they couldn't nail it just like they, they almost nailed it and if if the studio just didn't interfere it could have been like absolutely perfect and it could have went on for seasons and seasons and i would have kept watching but on netflix but um alas spectacular spider-man is only one season it is great and there are some great spider-man moments there that are unique to the show there is um i think the one that comes to mind is when peter saves a lizard and he has to lie to his friends and love interests and stuff and saying that instead of fighting a spider-man he was taking pictures for the beagle and of course that interferes with his relationships, classic Spider-Man, but what makes it unique is that later he comes back home from this fight and conversation and stuff and he has a talk with himself and he he gets mad at himself, he says I just, like I'm all scum to my friends, they, they push my friends away because I'm Spider-Man, blah 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 like Spider-Man's taking everything from me type thing but then he looks at a picture of Uncle Ben and he said, I forget the, the exact words, but he was something, something along the lines of like, this is what he died for. This is what you died for. Um, like, like I saved a little kid. I saved a father or like I saved a kid from losing his father tonight. Um, Connor's, Dr. Connor's kids, the, the lizard. The lizard was like the big bad um, of that episode. And he realizes that he needs to be Spider-Man in order to save himself, which is something that has always been Spider-Man regardless of the movie, show, whatever, and um, whatever adaptation of Spider-Man you like, loss is always a central, central theme. Like the struggle um, of being a teenager, or just like the double life kind of thing is always a struggle with Peter. Or just Spider-Man. Like in, in any Spider-Man thing you see at all or play or watch or read like anything, he loses everything. Like in in every single thing that you watch, read, play, whatever. He loses his personal um, happiness. You sacrifice Redemption, he sacrifices redemption for personal happiness. And that is Spider-Man at his core. 
this show executes it again like i said almost perfectly with the love interests i was really invested actually in um in liz and peter they did liz well compared to homecoming because with homecoming i wasn't invested like at all in liz and uh and peter obviously that was kind of to its benefit because there's because you know mj and peter in mcu but they did liz and peter's relationship in this show infinitely more infinitely better than um the mcu homecoming movie and they nailed gwen and peter um I'll always think of Andrew Garfield in his movies when I think of Gwen and Peter, but the show is a close second to their relationship. MJ and Peter are more, are more friends in this show than uh, love interests, but I do appreciate that because it's unique. That's what's also really good about this show. It feels unique but also classic at the same time like it you know like i said like the the lizard um kind of thing of like realizing he needs to be spider-man the lizard scene i was talking about after that fight is a classic spider-man scene and central to his core as a character but then also at the same time it's a unique take on that. Their take on Electro, Max Dillon, they did the origin from the Andrew movies about falling into a kind of electric eels, but again, infinitely better than the movies. Um, like, for example, In the uh, Andrew movies, Electro was a nerd, a um, loser, and in the in the show, Max is a cool dude. He's he's swaggy. He thinks he's the shit. He like he acts all cool in front of Doctor Connors. He works as an assistant. Uh, to him as lab that that's kind of the replacement for like Oscorp um, I mean the only thing that Osborne is involved in is of course first of all being Green Goblin and then second of all being um, involved in like creating all the villains or most of the villains no that, uh, yep yeah, I, I would say all the villains <laughs> but um including himself but it's that yeah they did it infinitely better because that's who electro should be he should be an asshole he should be irredeemable like you shouldn't care about him like he shouldn't be likable he shouldn't be this oh sweet nerd oh no he's bad now no it should be no, he deserved that. Like, it, it should be that kind of character, that kind of story. And that's what it felt like with um, pretty much all the villains. That It felt like they... It didn't feel like they were villains to be villains. Some of them did, which isn't really a criticism because it works with the story. Um, if you don't know, basically, like, a lot of these villains were just, like, created to keep Spider-Man distracted. So that kind of works with the story because they are villains to be villains, kind of, um, for the purpose of Norman's plan and everything. Every villain feels like they've been there forever. And I know that doesn't really make sense if you've seen the show because he, um, 
because yeah, every film, every villain feels like they've been there forever. Every like Peter feels like we know him. Like every character feels like a real person, um, not in the fictional universe. <laughs> and it's rather it makes it rather tragic whenever something bad in Peter's personal life happens because <laughs> it feels like it's happening to us and um, I, I think the most tragic which makes it the best part of the show is the symbiote parts that whole storyline of the symbiote versus Peter the symbiote taking over him, him having to overcome it. Um, Venom was a great villain, but he wasn't really part of the storyline of Peter overcoming the symbiote. He was just kind of like part of the villain kind of storyline. But the storyline of Peter versus his inner symbiote, that was amazing to see like kind of the mental battle that peter like took in that in the in these episodes versus the symbiote i mean i, th I think that's why animation is one of if not my favorite medium of creation you get to do things you can't do anywhere else you know, you get to do, like, you can't create, like, flowing symbiote stuff in live action, you know? I mean, not not the way they have it in this show. And the symbiote story in any Spider-Man story is always so relatable, not in a <laughs> drug kind of way. For some people it probably is, but in a kind of inner demons kind of way. The symbiote story has always struck with me in that way of that we have to battle our own inner demons to survive. And um, just, yeah, survive and persevere. To, um, to, to, to swing through life, to be poetic. <laughs> with it um, to be cool with it but yeah and the story of the story of Harry and Peter just like anything with Peter's personal life um, like I was saying is always so tragic because yeah it's it feels like it's happening to us but also it's just so, like, you feel for Peter in that moment because, because that's such a relatable thing to do, not in the sense of being Spider-Man or Spider-Woman, but to lie to a person you care about in order to protect them. Um, again, not in the sense of leading a double life, but just in the sense of protecting uh, them and, yes, in some way protecting yourself, but mostly protecting the other person. And that is heartbreaking, but beautiful to me. And it's... Like, when you think about it, Spider-Man is probably, other than Batman maybe, it's probably the most heartbreaking, like, superheroine, like, superhero character ever. <laughs> like, it's just, but also he's the most hopeful at the same time, because... Even though he goes through all this darkness, he 
he perseveres and like he he gets up he continues to use his power for good and that he's like he's so inspiring because he can inspire any one of us to use our power for good our selves for good our words for good our actions for good like anything and He can inspire us to to take a leap of faith, to to wear the mask, to be a hero. Not even in the literal sense. It can just be anything, just any little thing to one person, and it can change your life forever. Many things have done that for me. Little things. I consider many little people to be here to me like one of them is Olin Rogers he created the show Final Space and I think I'll say this with a lot of these people he ignited a spark of inspiration in me that I don't think anyone will ever get me higher than him. Like, that show, Final Space, was like, is like the most inspiring show, or like the show that has inspired me to create the most, I feel like. Other than maybe Markiplier and his YouTube originals, you know, Heist with Markiplier, In Space with Markiplier, those things. Same with uh, Guy and his, no, he doesn't have really a universe of his egos yet, but kind of like, kind of his short film kind of things that he does uh, recently, in recent months and years and stuff. But besides those two, it's definitely Olin Rogers. And other than that, Stan Lee. Yes, I could say every individual person involved making every single Spider-Man thing, but none of it would be possible without Stan. And because of that, because he created, and because he created this character that led to so many, so many inspiring scenes that have inspired me, countless times he's up there so those are probably my four I would say um, just like and then Quentin Tarantino uh, I don't know in what order but those five people inspired me to create so fucking much like just like insanely and uh yeah in spider-man he's not he, he hasn't created movies but <laughs> and he's not real but um there's a beautiful everyone knows it by now i think but andrew garfield's speech at uh comic-con he says, um, I'm not gonna know the words. I think you know the speech. Um, he basically just says how inspiring Spider-Man is to him and how he wouldn't be here without Spider-Man. I, I wouldn't be here without Spider-Man. That's not part of the speech, just I'm saying. Like, I relate to that. I wouldn't be here without this is part of the speech without feeling um spider-man's reassuring hand on my shoulder telling me it's gonna be all right like this may sound cheesy but whenever i used to 
whenever whenever I was like really young, like really young, um, I would always imagine Spider-Man like running beside me, kind of like talking to me and like gesturing to me and stuff, like parkouring and like swinging beside me and stuff, like on top of cars and through buildings and things like that. And that were always kind of, and sometimes it, um, sometimes it calms me down from anxiety nowadays. I know that's a bigger discussion, but like a lot of moments, I know I've been like on a tangent last little bit, but like a lot of moments in Spectacular Spider-Man have just like when I think about them, have just calm me down if I have like an anxiety moment or like a panic attack or something. And most of the time it's for no like reason that I have one. Like my anxiety is pretty much just random. And there are so many good moments in this show. There are amazing um, love moments between characters, Gwen and Peter, Liz and Peter, MG and Peter, what have you. That I always think about. Um, they make me think of stuff but and then also just moments of Peter reassuring himself moments of the, the symbiote moments of him battling his inner demons and surviving and winning against him, himself his darker self and him like like moments of self-sacrifice and just even though they hurt a lot those heartbreaking moments that mainly they're mainly in Peter's personal life not Spider-Man's but those heartbreaking character moments between him and Harry, between him and Gwen. There's like, my heart fucking shattered when when Gwen and Harry um, when like Gwen and Harry and Liz and Peter in that sort of love square, whatever that was, kind of got complicated. My heart broke for Gwen and Peter, like just everyone involved. And like Batman doesn't have these character moments. We can't relate to a rich um, billionaire. Yes, we can relate to him turning in his pain into something good and useful for himself, but we can't relate to his alter ego Bruce Wayne because that's his mask with Peter both halves are him Peter can't be Peter Parker without Spider-Man and Spider-Man can't be Spider-Man without Peter Parker we can't we as people can't um, survive without our inner demons without we can't help people without helping ourselves first we can't be some sort of hero to someone without first saving ourselves kind of thing and that's what this show very very almost 
it, it almost nails it. It almost nails Peter as a character, and just everything about him is amazing, amazingly depicted in this show. The way he's characterized, his love, life, his friendship with Harry. Just everything is amazing in this show. Green Goblin, other than the symbiote, is probably the best villain. And um, yeah, man, it's, it's an amazing show. I don't think I have too much else to say on it, other than repeating myself. But yeah, um, if you guys have any questions about my thoughts on Spectacular Spider-Man, uh, feel free to ask in the chat. Or ask in the comments below if you're on YouTube. Before you move, or while I move on to Cowboy Bebop and talking about that experience. But yeah, not too much else to say on Spectacular Spider-Man. It's just, yeah. Studios suck. I wish it wasn't cancelled. Um, I'm glad I wasn't too old um, to remember it being cancelled. Or to like have that feeling of hurt at all because I was like really really young so it wouldn't have mattered to me at that age it hurts me now and it matters to me now but I wish I'm glad I wasn't kind of like 16 then when it was like first airing and stuff like that or when it was cancelled because then I would have felt that along with everyone and that would have been heartbreaking but alas it uh, could still come back but right now it was only one season and it was amazing this is very unique if you love Spider-Man if you love Spider-Man and know Spider-Man you love this show and uh, that's just a fact. If you don't love Spider-Man, you won't love this show. That's also just a fact. 9 out of 10 for that show. Because of the studio interference. But, moving on to Cowboy Bebop, the anime. Now... I'm going to first talk about the anime as a solo experience and then I will compare it to the live action adaptation. Spoiler alert, the live action one is worse than the anime. Anyway, um, so the anime, Cowboy Bebop. So from what I've heard, and what I've asked people in my journey with anime, I've started with the best one. That's what I've heard from a few people. If that's true, let me know. If that's not true, let me know. But from what I've heard and what I've experienced, I haven't watched anything pretty much besides Cowboy Bebop. Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if Teen Titans counts, but I love that show. And, um, Yeah, I, I haven't seen anything besides um, Cowboy Bebop. If you have any recommendations, please. Um, but yeah, that, that's just what I've heard. I haven't really 
like I, I don't really have or I haven't seen enough to have like an opinion kind of thing on like the best anime ever yeah man it I think the best part about this show as a music uh, kind of nerd is the jazz like I I like lost my mind when I first heard the jazz in this show it was beautiful it was like it, it had pain in it yeah Um, whatever you watched yeah the, the soundtrack is very fucking good have you only seen Cowboy Bebop yeah Cowboy Bebop as well or yeah the soundtrack I mean I've never skipped the intro ever and I never will anytime I watch this show I think from what I've learned and what I've heard, um, by the way, if I disappear, um, it is just because I'm wiping my nose with some paper towel. Anyway. Oh, well, cool. We're on the same page then. <laughs> Copy of us is the only one I've watched. We both watched. Great. Cool. But, um,. Hunter x Hunter. I'll need to find out about that one, but... Oh, yeah, it was... Never skip the intro. I, yeah, just, I was, I was saying that from what I've learned, just an anime needs a good intro. And if it's bad, or not, like... The best thing ever, and that means the show's gonna be bad. Or like, no, it, it means like it just—it's like a good sign for an anime to have like an amazing, like, can never skip this intro, um, track or song or whatever. For Kamui Bebop, there is. Um, the jazz, and I don't think there's any other, I mean, of course there's other stuff in the soundtrack, you know, themes, character themes, whatever, what have you, but just, like, I am such a jazz nerd, I am such a music nerd, and just, Hold on, I'll be right back. I need to fucking, like, properly... Uh, you know what? No, it's fine. It's fine. There is great action in the show. Like I said with um, Spectacular Spider-Man, like, you can't... I mean... You can't do the show as well, do the story as well in live action as you can do with this style of animation, or just animation in general. The way Vicious's sword, like, sways, the way Faye shoots her gun, sw like, swings her daggers, the way fucking um, Jet, like, swings his fucking metal arm, The way you can accurately see Spike's different eyes. And... Uh, it's, it's an amazing fucking show. And I, I really love this one because it's... Again, I've only seen Cowboy Bebop, but it's not... Really that complicated. Like, it's... It's future a distant future and they're bounty hunters it's pretty simple I mean it's just 
it, it's such a vibe and it you just like in the anime the version the only story you need to follow is uh towards the end you need like the story with fishes and spike and their kind of story that's the only incredibly incredibly important thing Other than that, I mean, of course, you need to watch the whole thing. Cowboy Bebop is just fucking vibe. And just... And they kick ass. And when they're not kicking ass, there's heartbreaking, like, heart-wrenching stuff. Um, there's wholesome stuff. There's literally something for everybody in this show. If you're not a fan of action, just... Go on your phone until some until some wholesome thing comes up. If you're not a fan of the wholesome stuff, wait until some action shows up. If you're not a fan of some of that stuff, wait until wait until some mystery stuff shows up with the with investigating phase past. Like if you're into some blood and gore. Wait until Vicious shows the fuck up. Um, like... Just everything... There's literally something for everybody in this fucking show. And you can't deny that, and... And, fuck, even if you're not into any of the visuals... Listen to the fucking soundtrack. Listen to me and President Ezra. <laughs> the soundtrack is so good. They're like, it is straight vibey jazz and it is beautiful to the ears. And like, every, every dynamic works. Every character works. I mean, it's just... I don't think there's any flaws with it, honestly. I, there's some stuff that's extremely relatable. Um, there's Spike holding on to his past and can't let go. That's an extremely... Like, like, Way, way too close to home relatable thing holding on to the past too much there's vicious kind of on the opposite spectrum of that with being kind of the darker side of spike and being kind of that opposite kind of darker half of spike that he needs to ward off and kill in order to survive. I didn't plan that because that's kind of similar to Peter and the symbiote. And I, I haven't, I'm on the finale of Cowboy Bebop right now, the live action one. I've already finished the anime but the way the anime ends with him killing vicious and him facing the police i mean some just some police force and saying bang when he already got shot like it perfectly encapsulates spike this character and just the, 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 the sarcasm, the fucking, like, just not, well, not, not gonna die-ness, just the, like, I'm just not gonna die right now, I'm just gonna have this final fuck you to the police, <laughs> like, like, what a legend, and he just, Jet is the best friend we all fucking want. Like, Faye is 
the sarcasm we want to have and want to have the balls to have. <laughs> Same with Spike. Like, vicious is the darkness that we don't want to consume us. Like, it's all very, very relatable stuff. And it's a beautiful story of forgiveness, of darkness, of hope, of love, of sadness, of betrayal, of the past, of the future. It's just of wholesomeness. Like, it's just... All of it is so amazing, and if you haven't seen Cowboy Bebop, the original, watch it now. And, uh, yeah. And if you haven't seen anime before, uh, perfect, because that was the same with me. It's gonna change soon, because I'm gonna watch more anime when I have time, but... Yeah, that's the story with me. But ending kind of on a more funny note. Um, guys, listen. This is going to be quick. Uh, the live action adaptation. It has good moments. Don't get me the fuck wrong. Jet is... Was not redeemed, but like portrayed in a way I didn't know I needed because he um we explore him as a father in this one and it's a really as an ex as an ex cop like just we explore Jet's past in this and it's really like it's really amazing. And it's something I didn't know like my favorite episode is a Jet-centric episode, and, uh, spoilers by the way, but it's his partner, his old partner, when from his cop days, betrays him, and he was like a mole the entire time, and he has to be a cop again, and he has like this cool jazzy, like, again, the fucking jazz vibes again, that's something they nailed in the live-action adaptation. They never missed with the jazz vibes still. They will never miss with the jazz in Cowboy Bebop, ever. Um, pretty much all the characters were, except Vicious most of the time, and Julia most of the time, were portrayed the way they should be. Or the, the, or the way that they were in the anime. Everyone else besides those two were captured, I think, perfectly. And Spike, Jet, Faye. Yeah, because those are the main characters. And then Vicious and Julia, yeah, weren't like, weren't captured perfectly most of the time. But besides them, I think those are the only problems other than some of the stuff kind of looks too, um, too kind of like, I don't know how to say it, like, too fake. Like some of the hair looks like wigs. Um... Some CGI looks like a bit iffy, it, it like, which is not something good, but like something very rare because it's not that iffy in a lot of parts. Like it's just like an occasional thing, the CGI being a bit iffy in the show. And um, other than those kind of few flaws, and then vicious. I mean, the, I don't need to get into it too much. He's British, which I don't like. He calls Spike fearless, which I don't like. Julia and him are like actually married, which I don't like. That's pretty much all I don't like about them. And um, that the that the that the dude doesn't look like 
how vicious should look like. Like just his his face. The, the hair is great, uh, but the face, no. <laughs> and uh, same with Jet, um, kind of reimagining him in a way I didn't need it. I didn't know I needed. The same could be said for Faye, with her past being explored, and this different retelling of that story. In the most recent episode I watched, I think the finale or episode 9, because there's 10 episodes in this live action one. The video, because in the anime, the video that was shown that revealed Faye's past to her was her on like a beach with some, like I think like high school friends before she was iced. And the video that was shown, the VHS tape that was shown in the live action show was completely different. It was her in her home um, as a young child playing piano with her mom. And the mom like speaks and stuff and it's like, and then Faye starts crying. It's probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, scene in the fucking whole show. In live action one. And I'm about to watch, finish watching the finale. So they could nail the bang scene, and I, that will be my favorite scene of the live action show. Who knows, but... Overall... Okay, adaptation. If you're watching it for the first time, good show. Um, like if you're watching the adaptation first, very good show. Um, but compared to the anime, it's only okay. That's kind of all there is that needs to be said about it. And I think with editing this, should be like max 20 minutes edited out of this. So I think that's pretty good. And uh, I think that about wraps it up. I'm glad I'm editing this. Sorry about all the kind of interruptions that happened during this stream. But uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. This has been Michael Creates. Um, yeah, this has been This Won't Last Long. And hope you enjoyed and See you next week for episode 10 for YouTube, or sorry, Twitch, and episode 7 for other platforms. And see you soon, and bye bye